0: All right, so Simchat Torah. I thought I'd share just a few words uh, uh, about our our holiday and what it means. Okay, all right. So, you know, um, for some of us, well, I I wouldn't say us. For some people, the idea of Simchat and Torah don't seem to go together. Joy and the Torah joy and the law. I thought the law was like this horrible thing, you know, this great heavy burden that uh, is around our necks uh, and, uh, and something to uh, jettison, you know, something to get rid of, right? Well, that may be what you've heard. The only problem is it's not really in the Bible, you know? Uh, when you read, uh, I think probably the most famous phrase regarding that comes uh, from the book of Romans where the Apostle Paul says, we're not under the law, right? but we're under grace.'re not under the law, but we're under grace. And uh, we have assumed that that means that we're not uh, that, the, that the Torah, the law of Moses plays no role in our lives the and then by extension, Sadly, for many people, by extension, the entire Tanakh, the entire what what many people refer to as the Old Testament, uh, is good for uh, things like you know pointing to the Messiah, uh, and uh, except for maybe Psalms and Proverbs, you know, and a few other odds and ends, uh, and uh, you know, and and uh, but other than that, it, it you know doesn't have any. Uh, any real use, so we don't hear much about it, we don't have much teaching on it, uh, and uh, so on. That's why I say some people, I mean, not us, but, uh, and I know I'm speaking to the choir, but you never know, you know, but you never know. So, uh, of course, we know that the Torah, when, when Paul said that, we're not under the law, he, what, he, what he was really referring to, I mean, there's many layers of it, but we're not under a legalistic way of life. We're not under a works, uh, you know, if you do this, then you're okay uh, kind of thing. And, and, uh, and that's very important. And he was, in a sense, he was uh, correcting uh, 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 bad teaching regarding the, the, the Torah. You know, uh, Yeshua himself, of course, uh, he defines for us our relationship with the Torah and perhaps Paul might have even had this in mind when uh, you know when he when he wrote um, uh, his letters. In uh, Matthew chapter five, we're familiar with this. Many of us. He says uh, um, here in um, um, Matthew uh, uh, five, right? He says, "Do not think." Well, actually, actually, a good place to start is the verse before that let your light, verse 16 of Matthew 5, let your light shine before men in such a way that they see your good works, right? And glorify your father who is in heaven. Evidently, good works is like a good thing, right? Yeah, look at that. Uh, Anyway, then it says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I say to you, Until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law, until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls the one of least of these commandments, or in so teaches others, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on, to interp- give us a method of interpretation uh, of the Torah, using a number of examples uh, you know, in, the rest of the, uh, in the rest of the chapter. Uh, very helpful. Uh, and so, therefore, uh, when we think about the joy of the Torah, certainly it makes sense. Very important part of the Word of God. Yeshua tells us uh, that he has not come to abolish it. Our good works and to be seen before uh, people, but it's how we approach it, and that's what Paul was dealing with. How we approach the Torah is the issue, and certainly as Messiah followers, how we approach the Torah, how we approach the Word of God should hopefully bring joy indeed to us. Now, when you think about the law and all the different words that are used, like mitzvah, you know, a commandment, in other words statute, ordinance, uh, law, all the different words, and relating it to joy, there's really only one place to turn to uh, in the Bible, and it's right in the middle of the Bible, right? And that is Psalm 119. So I thought we'd do uh, an exegetical study of all 176 verses. What? Oh, okay. No. No. Uh, we're going to look at a few of these verses right in the middle of it. Actually, verses 41 to, to 64. Just going to read them, okay? And, uh, and then just make a few comments about them. Uh, in verse 41 of Psalm 119, it says, May thy loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, thy salvation according to thy word. So I shall have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in thy word. And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for thine ordinance. So I will keep thy law continually, forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will also speak of thy testimonies before kings, and shall not be ashamed. And I shall delight in thy commandments, which I love. And I shall lift up my hands to to thy commandments, which I love. And I will meditate on thy statutes. Remember the word to thy servant, in which thou hast made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived me. The arrogant utterly deride me, yet I do not turn aside from thy law. I have remembered thine ordinance is from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake thy law. Thy statutes are my songs. In the house of my pilgrimage, O Lord, I remember thy name in the night, and keep thy law. This has become mine, that I observe thy precepts. The Lord is my portion, I have promised to keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to thy word, for I considered my ways and turned my feet to thy testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to keep thy commandments the cords of the wicked have encircled me but i have not forgotten thy law at midnight i shall rise and give thanks to thee because of thy righteous ordinances i am a i am a companion of all those who fear thy name who fear thee and of those who keep thy precepts the earth is full of thy loving kindness o lord teach me thy statutes okay so If you've ever had the opportunity to read Psalm 119, I don't know if you're aware of it, but it's actually a lament. It's a lament. The psalmist in Psalm 119 is sad the majority of the time and and is asking for deliverance and is relying on the Word of God in order to be able to be sustained. And so it's very interesting. It's not just a psalm that uh, glorifies the Word, but the psalmist is, uh, you know, is uh, is praying. For example, even in the in the verses that we have uh, 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 just read, he says, uh, uh, for example, when he's talking about uh, those who come against him, right? He says, "Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake thy law." Uh, he says in verse fifty one. Or verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. In verse 51, the arrogant utterly deride me, right? So uh, uh, in verse 61, the cords of the wicked have encircled me. Uh, And so when you read it very carefully, you see that he's in the midst of hardship, yet he finds great delight and comfort in the word of God. Uh, And so you see that all the way, all the way through. He finds comfort in the word of God. He finds joy in the Torah. In a way, the Torah, and, and you know, it, uh, when we look at our Torah scroll, we could say this, it's almost like the Torah scroll uh, serves as a good visual for us of the Torah being like a buoy, you know, out in the water. And like, you know, we're sinking in the water, but if we hang on to it, we'll be okay. You know, if we hang on to it, we won't sink. Or it's like being a a, a raft. Uh, did, do you remember there was a movie a few years ago called Unbroken? Some of you probably saw it. The story of this man who, uh, during World War II, he was captured by the Japanese. But before he was captured during World War, II, before he was captured by the Japanese, uh, you know, he was in a plane and his plane went down in the water, and he didn't die. And he was on like a, a life raft. And uh, there's a whole long scene of him in this life raft, you know, and how he would have died if he, if he was not in this raft. Now, being in this raft was very difficult. It was difficult to survive. And, uh, but yet he was able to survive in that raft, you know. And, and so in a way, the Torah is like that, that it is like a lifeboat. It preserves us. It keeps us alive as as we hang on to it, and it gives us joy, in, you know, in the midst uh, of um, of this world. And so you see, how does it? How does that happen? You'll notice what he says here. Uh, that he says at the beginning of what we read: "May your loving kindness, your loyal love, come to me, O Lord. Your deliverance, according to your word, right." I trust in your word. Don't take away your word. I will forever keep your uh, your law continuously forever and uh, forever and ever. And isn't it interesting, he says, I walk at liberty in verse 45. That's an odd verse right there. Uh, and you know it's a real strange verse because if you read a commentary, they say all kinds of things about verse 44 and all kinds of things about verse 46. And then verse 45 is like, Somewhere in in between, you know? I will walk at liberty, uh, for I seek thy precept. Very interesting. That word, at liberty, is an interesting word in the Bible. Uh, Rachav, or rah, here it's a noun, Rachavah, right? In in modern Hebrew, if you ever go to Israel, you see that word all over the place. Does anybody know what it means? Right, street. It means street uh, in, uh, in in modern Hebrew. Uh, and, but in the Bible, it speaks of uh, a wide, broad way, whether, uh, whether you're talking about just a space, a big space, uh, or a wide path. Uh, uh, it's used, uh, for example, as a, as a verb, it's used for the word enlarge, uh, to, make, to make wide, to make large, to make the, to make the path straight, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so what he's saying here uh, is, uh, we, we might say, that uh, for I will walk, uh, you know, unhampered, we might say. Uh, 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 I will walk, w- you know, without, uh, uh, without a, uh, if you're going to use, if we, if we use the metaphor of a street, without a traffic jam. It's a wide boulevard, and I can move forward without any hindrances. You know, usually, right? Common, uh, our, our common understanding of the Torah is that's a hindrance. But here we read, "I will walk at liberty. I will walk in freedom. I will walk unhindered. I, I will, for because I seek your precepts." Right? Then, if you know, if we um, move down there in verse forty-seven, he says, "I delight in thy commandments, which I love." I shall lift up my hands to thy commandments, which I love. I will meditate on thy statutes. Wow, most of us would not ever think of meditating on the statutes, right? On the laws that you read about uh, in the the Torah. But it's amazing that, yes, here he, he does that. And of course, the idea here is, is that when you look at the law of Moses, when you look at the Torah in its totality, and when you read the, the, the scriptures uh, like this, God gives us a way of life. We like to call it a Torah way of life. Not, not like a law code where you check off, have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? Have I done this? But more of, of a way of life and seeing it as a, a derech Adonai, the way of the Lord. And isn't it interesting? That is a phrase that is used in the book of Genesis to describe when God called Abraham. Uh, so that he would walk you know, in the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord. Torah is the way of the, the, way of the Lord. The morals, the ethics, the relationships. And in the Brit Chalashah, the New Covenant, we don't see new laws. We, what we actually see is explanations of them. Uh, and, uh, and so that's very, very important. Then, you know, as, uh, as he moves on, he gives a little bit more information about why he delights In the Lord. He says in verse uh, 49 Remember the the word to thy servant in which you have made me hope. Uh, And then he says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived me. So he sees uh, the word gives him hope, the word revives him, preserves his life, the word gives him uh, uh, comfort. And uh, and and so we see here again, remembering the the joy of the the word of God. Okay, and then of course uh, toward the end here, uh, perhaps the key to the whole thing. Perhaps we wonder how could it be though? Why is it that he finds such joy in this? Well, perhaps the key to this little section is in verse fifty-seven when he says, "The Lord is my portion." The Lord is my portion. That's a great word. That word, the Lord is my portion, is like, this is my piece of land. This is my allotment, you know? Uh, This is my inheritance. You yourself, God. The Lord himself is my portion. Not what he gives me, not the land, not uh, uh, material blessings, you know, or all kinds of wonderful things. But he says, you yourself, Lord, you are my portion. And perhaps that is, that, is indeed, uh, that is indeed the key. Notice he also says in verse 59, I considered my ways and turned my feet to thy testimonies. So he says, the Lord is my portion. And just like Haggai says, you know, consider your ways. Uh, he considers his ways. He thinks about his heart, literally. And he turns to God. So he says, it is you who are my portion, and I've thought about, I've taken some time to think about my life, and I have turned to you, okay? I, and I hastened and did not delay. In other words, I ran to you. I run, not thinking about maybe, you know, this is, uh, now I understand, and one of these days I'll actually make this application in my life, you know? But he says, I hastened and did not delay to keep thy, uh, thy commandments right? Uh, and then in verse 63, he says, I am a companion of those who fear thee. And so he finds a, a fellowship. He finds like-minded uh, people who who love God. And so he says, the Lord is my portion. I have considered my ways, and I'm a, I'm a companion of those who fear thee. Perhaps that uh, is a key for us to say, Wow, maybe that's how I can really love you in your word, Lord, when you are my portion. You know, that reminds me of um, Psalm 42, which we looked at uh, along the journey over the last few weeks. You know, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God. And then he goes on to say how his tears have been his bed all day long. It's very interesting that here in uh, Psalm uh, one hundred and nineteen and in uh, uh, Psalm forty-two, it seems that the key to be able to find joy in the Word of God in the midst of the storms is to is to be thirsty for God Himself and to. And to declare that the Lord is my portion. He is whom I have placed my lot. Not what He gives me, but just God Himself, regardless of the world around me. And when our focus and our desire by our will is for God, He will indeed begin the process of transformation in His Word. When He is our portion, when we consider our ways and we repent and we turn to Him and we desire Him, He will indeed meet that need. And as we read the Word, it will—it it is not like reading a book, it is like placing ourselves in the text and God begins this process of transformation. And so finally, you know, we um, uh, were taking a look at the book of Ecclesiastes the other night, the other, other day sometime, must have been Shabbat. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is, um, you may have wondered, I, didn't, I never turned to the famous verses. You know, you remember, I don't know if you noticed that, right? The end of the book. Usually we go, go right to the end of the book. Well, then, t- now we're going to look at the end of the book. But we didn't look at it on, on Shabbat, we didn't look at the end of the book, because there, there's, a, there's a real message in the middle of the book, but that was on Shabbat, Okay. Now, at the end of the book, uh, you have, in a sense, the, uh, the summation of it all, right? Uh, and, uh, and, of course, I will include, for our, our, our spiritual enjoyment, I will read uh, verse 12. But beyond this, my son, be warned, the writing of many books is endless. And excessive devotion to books is wearying to the soul. I just thought you'd enjoy that. All right? Okay. But anyway... Uh, That we'll take that apart another day. The conclusion when all has been heard is... See, the conclusion when all has been heard is... Fear God and keep His commandments, because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Now, the only thing I want to bring out here is... When he says the conclusion when all has been heard, you have to read the whole book to appreciate that, right? So, remember that under the sun... Under the sun, it's vanity. Under the sun is like meaning. Under the sun is being like a hamster on that wheel. Under the sun is singing all those songs we were singing on Shabbat. You know, uh, nowhere man can't get any satisfaction. And so on and so forth. I, I, that's what's under the sun. But God, I, in Yeshua, gives us blessing. Even in the midst of being in the midst of all that meaninglessness. In the midst of all of that meaninglessness, the Torah is like an island. The Torah is like this great sense, gives us this great sense of meaning and joy. In the midst of all that meaninglessness, we must never succumb to that meaninglessness. What is my life worth? Uh, You know, I just keep, boy, I thought of another song, Uh, never mind. Uh, I just keep going around and around and around, you know, like a spinning wheel. But anyway, I just keep going around and around, just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Where does it get us? And we may wonder, where is God? You know, I know the Lord, but I'm not feeling it. And, you know, all of that. That is succumbing to everything under the sun. But that's not us. We're in the raft. We're hanging on to the Torah. We're hanging on to the Word of God. The, the Tanakh and the Brit Charasha. And so when it says here, "Fear God and keep His commandments," think of Psalm 119. Well, when I fear God and keep His commandments, I am delighting in the Lord. When I decide I want to follow God, this is like the, the culmination of everything we've been saying over the last few weeks. When I decide, I, you know I'm going to get serious with God, I'm going to be a 100 percenter for God, for the Lord, for Yeshua. I want to follow him. And so therefore I am going, he is my portion. He's my portion. I'm thirsty for him. Lord, that is my desire. Even if I'm not thirsty now, Lord, make me thirsty. Make me thirsty for you. Lord, I have other things that are my allotment, but Lord, I want you to be my allotment. Put it in my heart. And as you read the scriptures and as and the point of in Psalm 119 and right here is, as we walk with God in His ways, not any old way, but as we walk with God according to His ways, the Spirit of God will light a fire within us. That's what he means when he says, if, if you seek me, I will be found. You see? And so what uh, we read in Ecclesiastes here is in the midst of all of that meaninglessness and vanity, Even though we groan, as Paul says, we groan, right, waiting for the redemption of our body. But Paul knew himself that as we walk in this world under the sun, as we obey God, as we sing his word, say his word, focus on him, we will indeed be filled with the Ruach and we will indeed find joy, peace, Um, uh, contentment, self-control, you know, kindness, patience, all those things, right? And as Yeshua said, remember, that living waters will flow out of us, that we will make a difference where we are, where we are. Living water flows out of us by the demonstration of the way that we love God. And so, uh, Simchat Torah is indeed... The, uh, the right word, uh, uh, the right phrase to say. It's not uh, some oxymoron or something like that. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength and the joy of the Lord is found as we walk in His ways.